0: For this morning's worship service, let us turn to hymn number 129. 129, let's sing um, the first three verses, sorry, first two verses and the fourth verse. Verses 1, 2, and 4. We'd like to welcome everyone this morning out into the house of the Lord. Um, there are many missing today. Many of the younger people have gone camping, uh, and there's some that are also uh, are sick. So, before we begin this morning's worship service, do we have any uh, announcements or greetings? Thank you, Sister Vicky. Greetings Dina. from Avon and from my parents and Emily. Thank you, Sister Dina. Welcome. Give our greetings also Okay, Avon to your parents. just
1: want to ask prayers for Sister Lena. She's not doing very well health wise. She's um, struggling with high blood pressure right now and
0: just waiting to see a specialist, so keep her in your prayers. Thank you, Sister Margaret. Sister Margaret has uh, announced that Sister Lena. Becky is not doing well. She needs our prayers and um, she's suffering with high blood pressure amongst other things. So please keep her in your prayers. Any other announcements? (coughs) If not, um, we are still in the month of July, so we have for the focus of the month, the cheerful giver. Ministry and uh, I believe Kitchener is dealing with cheerful giver this month. Is that correct? They're doing the packing It's for the Ukrainian uh, support Uh, So you still have time to to support that Lord willing CFG although it's the first Week of the month it will not be singing last Wednesday it was announced that we will continue with camp memories Uh, Is that correct? I believe so it was Camp Memories, and uh, it was mentioned because we didn't have enough time, we'll continue on. We'll have a singing maybe a week down the road, but we don't want to d- discontinue that. So that's for CFG on Wednesday. I have greetings from Brother Mila and Sister Ildi, who uh, are on vacation, and my wife Millie, who is not feeling well, and also from Brother, Mike Palanaki and Sister Teta from Windsor. They extend a greetings to the congregation. Now, I've got area sing down here. I'm not sure if Sister Dina can confirm. The area singing was scheduled for August 7. Are you ready for that, or is it going to be Kitchener Strasbourg? Uh, no. Yeah. Sorry, I'm. Yeah. Ancaster. Thanks, Sister uh, Bethany. So, uh, because they, they were on the schedule, because they're not ready, it's going to be Ancaster, that's next Sunday, Lord willing. So we'll re-announce that as well, just to keep you uh, on notice as far as that is concerned. Before we open the word, let's all bow our heads in prayer. Father in heaven, we come before your throne of grace, Thanking thee, Lord, that we are more than two or three, and wherever we are gathered together, you have promised to be with us in our midst. Bless all that are attending. Bless the word to our hearts. Bless those that are not here but on are sick at home or tuning in through teams. We pray that you would bless them abundantly as well. Be with all those that are sick. The shut in, we've heard already this morning that Sister Lena needs our prayers, and we pray that you would be with her, be her comfort, be her strength and healer. And also those that are going through very difficult situations. Uh, we pray for Sister Olga Ordog, especially with her situation, that um, you would give her healing, comfort, and strength as well. And all that are suffering, be with those that are still traveling, coming back to uh, Canada, and, back, and those that are on. The camping trip, may their stay be uh, safe and blessed and uh, bring forth much fruit to your honor and glory. We ask all of these things and give you thanks in Jesus' name, amen. With the Lord's help, I'd like to read from the book of Amos, the book of the prophet Amos. He's one of the minor prophets. And um, it's right after Joel and before Obadiah. So the book of Amos, chapter 4. The book of the prophet Amos, chapter 4, beginning to read at verse 1. Hear this word, ye kine of Bashan, that are in the mountain of Samaria, which oppress the poor, which crush the needy, which say to their masters, Bring and let us drink. The Lord God has sworn by his holiness that, Lo, the day shall come upon you, he will take you away with hooks. And your posterity with fishhooks, and you shall go out at that, at the breaches every cow at that which is before her, and ye shall cast them into the palace, saith the Lord. Come to Bethel and transgress, at Gilgal multiply your transgression, and bring your sacrifice, sacrifices every morning and your tithes after three years. And offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving with leaven and proclaim and publish the free offerings for this liketh you, O ye children of Israel, saith the Lord God. And I also have given you cleanness of teeth in your cities and want of bread in all your palaces. And have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord? And I also have withholden the rain from you. When there were yet three months to the harvest, and I caused it to rain upon one city, and caused it not to rain upon another city, one piece was rained upon, and the piece whereupon it rained not withered. So two or three cities wandered unto one city to drink water, but they were not satisfied. Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord? I have smitten you with blasting and mildew, when your gardens and your vineyards and your fig trees and your olive trees increased. The palmer worm devoured them, yet ye have not returned unto me, saith the Lord. I have sent among you the pestilence after the manner of Egypt, and your young men have I slain with the sword, and have taken. Away your horses, and I have made the stink of your camps to come up unto your nostrils. Yet ye have not returned unto me, saith the Lord. I have overthrown some of you, as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, and ye were as a firebrand plucked out of the burning. Yet ye have not returned unto me, saith the Lord. Therefore, thus will I do unto thee, O Israel. And because I will do this unto thee, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. For lo, he that formeth the mountains and created the wind and declared unto man what is his thought that maketh the morning darkness and treadeth upon the high places of the earth. The Lord, the God of hosts, is his name. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Let us all bow in prayer. Loving Father in heaven, we come before your throne of grace. You are the only wise true God, the immortal, invisible, wise true God you are the source of truth and yet you are also the source of love and we come unto thee because we seek your mercy we seek your love we seek your grace we pray that this morning may be yet another day in which we can worship you in spirit and in truth and that all we hear read sing And understand would redound to your glory. For thereunto we have been made, and the chief end of man is to love you as God and enjoy you forever. You seek our love because you first loved us. And if we love you, Lord, we pray that we would keep your commandments, not as Israel of old who spiraled down in depravity. We pray that you would be with us as your word goes forth. That it would be your Holy Spirit that is our teacher and not human flesh. And that each and every one of us would respond in kind to your grace offered to us this day. Father, as we mentioned already, there are many amongst us that are not here and that are suffering in various ways. We pray that you would be with each and every one of them. That you would be their comfort and regardless of what they are going through, that they would know that you are with them. This is perhaps the most important thing, that you are with them. You have not forsaken them. And Lord, you will work all things out for your good, according to your purposes, to them that love you. Father in heaven, we pray that you would be with all those of our loved ones throughout this world. There are many that are going through very difficult times also. We pray for especially those in our midst that are suffering, that have been for such a long time. We pray for Sister Olga Urdog that you would give her healing. That you'd give a comfort and strength for Sister Vukov who has been suffering many, many years through chronic illness, which we don't even know. We pray that you'd be with her sister, Lily. That you would help her to see that her life is limited. That she is, and her frame is but dust, as we all are. And we will all day, one day, go the way of the earth, the way of the flesh. And so we pray, Lord, as we have read in this chapter too, that she would also be ready and prepared to meet her God. That you'd give her healing, you'd give her strength, but also spiritual renewal. Father, we pray for the many unconverted in our congregations. There are many that have heard your word for many, many years. Lord, open their eyes that they may see, as your prophet said to his servant. Lord, we pray that you would help them see that this life is fleeting and empty without purpose to those that do not have thee as the Lord and Savior. We pray that you would convict their hearts, Lord, not by humans, but by your Holy Spirit who will convict the world because of sin, because you have gone to the Father. Lord, we pray that... (coughs) You would be with those that are lonely and shut in, the isolated, the the fatherless, the widows, the widowers, there are many in our congregations. Comfort them, strengthen them. Those that have gone through various trials, be with them. May they seek your face for comfort and strength. We pray for the brethren in Ukraine and that the the war front that is constantly shifting and moving closer to the West. We pray that you would be with them and comfort them. Give them wisdom to know what decisions they need to make to do, make which decisions they need to make in this uh, very difficult time, a perilous time. Be with your preachers and teachers throughout this world that your word may ring forth that many more would hear the gospel message and be saved. And now be with us in this day. Help us to enjoy the fellowship that we have while we have it and to glorify thee for, for providing this to us. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I wasn't here last week but I'm sure there was a lot of talk about camp and the theme of camp even as we did on Wednesday night when we shared what we could. And my initial response to some of the Bible lessons was that revival is really for those that were once alive and then backslid or fell asleep and then were awakened but in history the revival was not just for individuals it was for churches where they stopped functioning even the members and then because they revived then those that were attending the church were able to hear the truth and the whole the whole power of those revivals was not that they put on new music programs or new social gathering venues, but because the word was preached in its truth, that's what gave revival. The truth when men and women, young men, young women, heard the word of God and heard the truth and were convicted and repented of their sin uh, found their salvation in Christ the book of Amos came to my mind just yesterday I was thinking of this very script this very scripture that we read this morning and I mentioned it once or twice in from this pulpit before verse 12 of chapter 4 therefore thus will I do unto thee O Israel And because I will do this unto thee, because I will judge you, because I will take you away, because I will, I'm commanding you, prepare to meet your God. Prepare to meet your God. There is definitely a responsibility on each and every one of us to to prepare. Unlike Some teachings where we can have nothing to do with it, we said already on many occasions that revival is initiated by God, initiated by the Holy Spirit, but there is an expected response from each and every one of us to prepare to meet our God. If you look at the context of this book, Amos was one of the 12 minor prophets in the in the uh, Old Testament and Amos was a contemporary of Isaiah you can find that out by looking at verse 1 where it says words of Amos who was among the herdsmen of Tekoa and he was he saw concerning Israel in the days of Uzziah the king of Judah And in the days of Jeroboam, son of Joash of Israel, two years before the earthquake, there was some massive earthquake that everybody knew about. And so he specified, this is the earthquake that you know about. The book of Isaiah opens up and says, in the year that King Uzziah died, the same king that Amos prophesied during his lifespan, So Amos was a contemporary, he was a prophet, at the same time though a bit older it appears because he was preaching while Uzziah was alive, but Isaiah preached during his reign as well as after his reign, so it looks like Amos was a little bit, maybe a little bit older than Isaiah, and many say that Amos was the country cousin of Isaiah, he was he was also a Messianic prophet. He prophesied of the restoration of the tabernacle of David. And it says it's in the days of Jeroboam, <coughs> the son of Joash, the king of Israel. If you remember from 1 Kings, I believe it's chapter 12, Jeroboam was um, not a king until Rehoboam fled after being um, After one of his treasurers was was killed because Rehoboam was ruling from the northern kingdom he was a son of Solomon after David died then there was this struggle for the throne and Rehoboam went up north to the city of Bethel and he established two temples sorry that was afterwards Jeroboam established two temples but he was reigning from the north because he was in exile from the rest of, or remote from the rest of Jerusalem, because he had usurped the throne. Jeroboam came pleading with him to say, please ease your rule. Don't be like your fathers. And he, Rehoboam got some um, wise men to talk to him. What should I do here? And the wise men said to ease it instead he made it harder he went against the the wisdom of the wise men and made it harder and this led later on to israel rebelling uh, as i mentioned and when they when he saw that his treasurer was killed he fled and jeroboam was taken up into the northern kingdom and he then set up two temples two places of worship two golden calves. He's repeating the mistakes of the past in, in the exodus. And he says, almost identical to what Aaron said, these be your gods. And so the spiral kept going down and down and down. And Israel went into idolatry. And they became wealthy through uh, Jeroboam's conquests. But they also, they, their big error was that they, in their, in their prosperity, went over and over again through this book, they neglected the poor. They neglected the poor. In verse uh, <clears throat> 6 of chapter 2, it says, Thus saith the Lord, for three transgressions of Israel, and for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof. Because they sold the righteous for silver, and the poor for, their, for, the, for a pair of shoes. If someone couldn't pay back their debts, they sold them into slavery, and they, because they sold the righteous for silver and the poor for a pair of shoes. I'll give you a slave. Give me a pair of shoes. Horrific oppression. And they lay themselves down. The clothes laid to pledge by every altar. And they drink the wine of the condemned in the house of their God. They completely profaned the temple. They completely uh, rejected God's commands to, to Moses in Deuteronomy. In providing for the poor. And... They forsook their God, although they had two temples. Although they had two temples, chapter three goes on, and Amos the prophet received a word from God. Amos lived in Tekoa, which is the border between sort of Israel, Judah on the south, and the northern tribes, and so he takes a journey up. And he goes preaching to all these people, to the king himself, to Amaziah, the prophet of the king. And he goes preaching about their their ungodliness, their idolatry, the coming judgment that God is going to bring upon these nations. Verse 1 of chapter 3 says, Hear this word that the Lord has spoken against You, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt. And he said, you had a very prominent place. You had a very special privileged place. You only, I have known, of all the families of the earth. I chose you from the line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You became my people. And in Deuteronomy, he says, you didn't become my people because you were better than anyone else, that you are more holy than anyone else. In fact, you were stiff-necked. You were rebellious, but I chose you. And he says, can two walk together except they be agreed? And he gives gives us about six or seven very obvious questions to bring a point about. So can two walk together except they be agreed? Will a lion roar in the forest when they have no prey? Will a young lion cry out of his den if he have taken nothing? And they knew the answers to these questions, very obvious. Can a bird fall in a snare upon the earth where no gin is for him? Shall one take up a snake from the earth and have taken nothing at all? No. There's, the answers are very, you don't pick up snakes. You're going to get it. You're going to get bit. Shall a trumpet be blown in the city? Now he's giving the point. The answer to all of these is yes. Uh, or the o- obvious, should I say. And then he says, Shall a trumpet be blown in the city and the people not be afraid? They knew that the trumpets used by Israel had various purposes one of them was to warn them of, imp- of impending doom of, of enemies coming to this to the city now he says a trumpet is now being blown in the city Amos is blowing a trumpet in a city of impending doom shall there be evil in a city and the Lord hath not done it so he's saying I God the other the answer is obvious I God Will judge this people because of their sin. That leads us to chapter four. He 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 goes on with individual um, cities: Tyre and Gilgal and and um, Judah, uh, Israel itself, Damascus. There's about six cities that he has impending judgments for because of the way they have been living chapter 4 he says hear this word ye kind of Bashan you've in crude terms you fat cows of Bashan you feed yourself you stuff yourself that are in the mountain of Samaria which is where the northern kingdom is which oppress the poor which crush the needy which say to their masters bring and let us drink and it's not Kool-Aid it's wine drink and party and revel the Lord God has sworn by his holiness that lo the day shall come upon you that he will take you away with hooks and posterity with with fish hooks and you shall go out at the breaches every cow he's again keeping the same metaphor At that which is before her, and she shall be cast into the palace, saith the Lord. Come to Bethel. Now he's being mocking here. He's being sarcastic here. This is Bethel was their place of worship of the golden calf. And Gilgal, come to Bethel and transgress. Go ahead, sin. And Gilgal, multiply transgression. And bring your sacrifices every morning and the tithes for after three years. And offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving with leaven, with things that represented sin, and proclaim and publish the free offerings for this liketh you, O ye children of Israel, saith the Lord God. There are many in this world that say they believe in God, that trust in God, but they do everything. Against God. You know, I'm thinking of <clears throat> when it talks about later on, it talks about um, uh, God withheld the rain and only in one city. He said he stopped it raining in one city or, or let it rain in one city and stopped it from the nearby city. That's how sovereign and how powerful he is. He can stop the rain over here but let the rain go here. And you never returned and we see in the chapter that we read all the indictments all the uh, um, God's threats to Israel to the nations that rejected him and, and, and rebelled him and didn't do according to his will and he says and you never returned and you never returned and you never returned When I think of that, I I thought about what's happening in in Ukraine now. That this world is dependent on the grain in Ukraine. That 40% or so of the world's grain comes from the Ukraine. And it's being stopped, it's being stolen, it's being withheld from countries that are starving that are perishing there was one time before the war began in was it in um, um one of the arab countries they felt that they up to 10 million people could de- could die because of famine the world the bible says the earth is the lord's and the fullness thereof and whether you're arab greek jew uh, uh, Christian, whatever it is, they're still God's creation. And God expects every one of us to have some sacredness for life, for the sustaining, sustain, sustenance of life. And when people, uh, for their own selfish purposes, withhold food, Withhold sustenance for his creation that pokes him in the eye. Israel was the apple of God's eye, and God says, You poke me in the eye, and I'll, I'll, I'll poke you back. Just a paraphrase you do this, and then I'll, I will ensure that you will be punished. The real question that came out what is the takeaway for us sure we 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 don't do that we don't with we don't um, condone evil rulers decisions we think that he should allow this to happen that he shouldn't have started Putin should not have started the war we all believe that I hope so But what is my part in that? Because it's over there. It's on another continent. It's in another place. We may say, I have nothing against us, you know, the US supplying grain and and ensuring that or try to ensure that it happens but what do we have for it what is our part in our local communities do we do we in any way do what the Jesus told us to do feed the hungry Give drink to the thirsty. Clothe the naked. Visit those that are sick. Visit those that are in prison. You may say that if I don't do it, it's not as bad as what these people in Israel did. It's not as bad as what Putin did. But every single one of us as we act as a church as a body of Christ as we don't withhold our hand make a big difference if not materially maybe a drop in the bucket for the world but what it does for spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ what it does for letting other people know that we care At camp this year, I had the opportunity to talk to uh, Bethany Assurance's, uh, she was Assurance, I, I can't even pronounce her last name. But she married a, Yo- a Johan that I met in Brazil in 2002 when Amy and uh, Amanda Gutai and I went down to CLM and we went there and uh, we went to the church in Victoria and we took pictures and we saw the kids. We saw how difficult they were in a difficult situation they were. I forget what the numbers were, like 30 million street kids way back when, when Darlene Showman and uh, was it Carol Kaposinski back then, uh, bet went when they came to our church in the old Western Road Church and they told us how many millions of street children there were. It boggled my mind. So we went down there, we saw the plight, we didn't see it all, we just saw it was in the corner that we were. And I took pictures, there was one man that I, I I managed to get this Johan and and Bethany together with their families and uh, I said this is when I was in um, Brazil and I started showing some pictures of all the people I knew that I met. And Jake Teeter, who was Amanda's uh, husband ever since then, he showed me, you see this man here? His name is Pedro. I remember him because i got a photo, but I remember, remember him now even more because I see the photo. And he says, this man... He lives in what you would call the size of a washroom. That's his whole house. It's a booth. You know, maybe five feet wide, four feet wide by six feet, eight feet deep and whatever it is. He he lives in that booth. But he comes to church every Sunday. And he's the biggest giver. Percentage wise, he gives the biggest donations. Because he goes out, maybe not in percentage wise. He said he's the biggest giver. He's got a heart of God. He has passed on since then to his reward. But it really humbled me. You know, it says in these chapters, You rich people, you live in houses of stone. Verse uh, 11 of chapter 5 For as much therefore as your treading is upon the poor, ye take from him burdens of wheat, ye have built houses of hewn stone but ye shall not dwell in them. Ye have planted pleasant vineyards, but ye shall not drink wine of them. For I know your manifold transgressions and your mighty sins, they afflict the just, they take a bribe, and they turn aside the poor in the gate from their right. We know we live in the 21st century. We know that We are bound, and I'm I'm thinking earlier what it was like when we were, when we came from Europe, and you you, you have your own story. And we were poorer than poor, with big families. Where Dad had to work 16 hours a day, where the fridge was empty many times. And now we have so much. Are we somewhat like these people? Where we the poor is far from us because they're not in the same country? Eric Ludy called it depraved indifference. Depraved indifference. Indifference is when you do nothing about it. You know about it, but you don't care. You, because you have your own stuff. You have your own comforts. You have your own food. You have your own house. Perhaps one of the things that God is going to, not, not perhaps, I'm sure. Because Jesus himself said it. He said, I was in prison, I was hungry, I was thirsty, I was naked, and you never fed me, you never clothed me, you never visited me. This is an open book exam. You have the questions and I have the questions ahead of time, what are we doing? Yesterday, and I, and I felt bad, we, we threw out old ca- an old couch which was all cracked up and so forth, We tried to sell it on whatever it was. Nobody bought it. But as Ryan and I were throwing this old couch out, he said, I felt bad. I don't know what was going through his mind, but I felt bad too. Throwing this thing out, somebody in this world could easily use that. Now we could maybe justify that, I don't know. But what about the things that we do have that we can do? Are we too busy? Are we holding our money too close to our chests? Are we putting our bank accounts on a very tight monitoring? As I said, I speak Many times I speak to myself first, and and God uses that. God uses preachers that have a weakness in this area or difficulties in this area or should be doing more in this area, put it that way. What about us? God promised, God said, He'd sworn by himself in chapter chapter six, "The Lord, God has sworn, saith the Lord of hosts, I abhor the excellency of Jacob and hate his palaces, therefore I will deliver up the city with all that is therein. Before the Babylonian captivity, about a hundred years, roughly, Israel was taken captive. We all know that. we've heard this before many times. This was a prophecy of it going to happen. This was going to happen in the future. And he, he went preaching and he went as far as the king's palace there up north. And this was the words that came out of his mouth in chapter 7 to whether first to Amaziah, because I think because Amaziah, the, the, the priest of Beth, Bethel, he's a, he became the new priest. For the northern kingdom. This is what he said. Thus he showed me. The Lord. Rep- Thus he showed me. And behold the Lord stood upon a wall made by a plumb line. With a plumb line in his hand. Plumb line is like a string with a heavy weight like lead that we use. People in construction use that. To make sure that the wall is vertical. It doesn't lie. The plumb line doesn't lie. It tells you the truth. It's going according to God's laws of physics. And Amos is coming and saying, I'm coming to you with the truth. This is the plumb line that God gave me, this vision. And the Lord said unto me, Amos, what seest thou? And I said, a plumb line. Then saith the Lord, behold, I will set a plumb line in the midst of my people, Israel. I will not again pass by them any more. And the high places of Isaac shall be desolate. He's saying, of a truth, verily, verily, as Jesus would say, I will lay them waste. I will rise against the house of Jeroboam with the the sword. Then Amaziah, when he heard this from Amos, Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent to Jeroboam, the king of Israel, saying, Amos has conspired against thee in the midst of a house of Israel. The land is not able to bear all his words. For thus saith Amos, Jeroboam shall die by the sword and Israel shall surely be led away captive out of his own land. Amos is coming to tell him the truth. This is the beginning of a revival. This should be the beginning of a revival. He's telling him the truth. And Amaziah said unto Amos, O oh, thou seer, you prophet, go flee away from this land and there eat bread. Don't bother us. Don't come with your scare tactics to us. prophesy not again anymore against Bethel for it is the king's chapel and it is the king's court. You've heard of and it's happened in, in, in my family too with the kids when you talk to them about the truth and they don't want to hear it anymore. That's, the, that's the, perhaps the biggest danger of anyone that's been raised in the in, in our churches when they stop coming I remember I was once in Avon Road and I had the baptismal service and one mother was so teary-eyed when I went upstairs into there they have the kitchen there for lunch because you heard that I had a sermon there and she was teary-eyed and I said to her I won't mention her name sister does your son still come to church she said yes so then be thankful be thankful that he's still coming to church because it's not going to be the preacher that's going to convert you. It's going to be the word of God. It's the word of God which lives and abides forever, which by which we are born again. It is the power of the gospel which Paul says is able to convert to them that believe. So when they're exposed to the word, when they cannot they cannot argue against the Word. It's done. It's set. It's in, it's in heaven. It's on earth in the Gospels, in the, in the Bibles we have. They may argue against you and see if you can have some, they can have some better argument against you. But then they've got to deal with the Word. Moses said, why do you chide with me? Why do you tempt the Lord? You can't you can argue all you want against the word of God, you won't win. They didn't like to hear the truth. They didn't want to hear the truth because it was too convicting. At the bottom of um My page here in chapter 5, it says, Therefore, the prudent shall keep silence in that time, for it is an evil time. Stand back, keep silent, look at what's going on, contemplate, meditate, think of what's going on, seek good, not evil, that ye may live. And so, the Lord God of hosts shall be with you as he has spoken. Then he says, Hate evil. And love good and establish judgment in the gate, it may be that the Lord, God of hosts, will be gracious unto the remnant of Joseph. There's, there's a character of God coming through. Though he promised pending doom, if those that hear his voice and turn and return, it will be that he could be gracious to them. Where have we heard that before? Lord says here, seek good and not evil, that ye may live, and so that the God of hosts shall be with you, as ye have spoken. Hate evil and love good. Paul the Apostle says in Romans 12, "To, to pursue evil, cleave to that which is good. Depart from evil. I'm sure he's quoting Amos here. He had the Word of God in his mind and heart and so my dear ones we've been raised with this word we've been raised with the Word of God and we know that I'm human I've gone through that stage too once the Word of God is in me I need to hear the Word of God I need to not deflect it say depart from me go away I pray that God's word will never leave you, I pray that it will never give you peace. And many times I pray that God do not give them peace until they have surrendered their lives to you. But sin has its power. I was a young lad maybe 12 13 going to watch football matches and i thought just just to go to this match just to do this i'll go to church on sunday and then when the games moved to sunday i had a choice to make is it to keep playing or go back to church some other day i'll I'll play on sundays now i used to pray pray to god god help my team win And if my team wins I will serve you like I was making a bargain with God that that was the most important thing in my life that my team wins and I went down and down and down and down I won't tell you every detail across the pulpit but I went down is only by God's grace and God's mercy that he plucked me over from Australia planted me into freezing cold Canada But I had the gospel here. I hated the weather. But I loved the preaching. And God was gracious. And the words that I heard and learned when I was a young boy. Growing up in Adelaide. Though there was not a lot of young people there. They came back to me. And in more force. I want to read you that. The one that I said that I met with a brother Dave Kaposinski and Carol Camp, And we had a lovely uh, time reminiscing what it was like when he led the choir in 1997, beautiful songs. And and I said, Brother Dave, I believe it was you and Brother Silaji, what I was told, that sent to Australia this this, reel-to-reel tape on the gospel hymns. And I used to listen to it that's we didn't have anything else we never had TVs not for a long time until my other brother bought one so we had this reel that my sisters would listen to my mum would listen to and I was there and I was listening to it and I remember this one because it was such a haunting song to me kill a soul while will you linger wandering from the fold of God Hear you not the invitation? Oh, prepare to meet thy God. Careless soul, oh, heed the warning, for your life will soon be gone. Oh, how sad to face the judgment, unprepared to meet thy God. That's what was haunting to me. I could die any, any moment now, unprepared to meet thy God. Why so thoughtless are you standing? While the fleeting years go by, And your life is spent in folly. Oh, prepare to meet thy God. Kill a soul or heed the warning, for your life will soon be gone. Oh, how sad to face the judgment, unprepared to meet thy God. If you spurn the invitation till the spirit shall depart, then you'll see your sad condition, unprepared to meet thy God. I pray that you don't try God, tempt God to see how far you can go. You may not make it. We should never spurn the grace God offers us. We should never forget the warnings that he has repeatedly given through history to his people and to even those that we know, our loved ones. And they perished Before they surrendered their lives to God. I pray that you would not pass that opportunity over while it is yet the day of grace. To him be the glory evermore. Amen. Will the brother please find a hymn. find him number 52 52 let's sing the first three verses the first three verses of 52 sorry for that. hymn number 52 the first three verses For a prayer,
2: please. Dear Heavenly Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Son and Holy Spirit that are high above, looking even this hour on Sunday is there any soul that's seeking thy face? We ask Thee, dear heavenly Father to mercifully look upon us not because of our good deeds but because of thy love that you have had from the beginning of the world and you have chosen thine own to guide them through this valley of death unto the promised kingdom of Thine. Dear Heavenly Father even this morning hour we were reminded of the many bad choices that uh, Thy chosen people were taking at that time They were going by false gods. They were building temples to themselves and not to thee to fulfill their sinful lusts and follow the desires of their hearts. As a good example for us to avoid those, dear Heavenly Father, yet again we find ourselves in this world that's Abandoning thee and going after the imaginations of people's hearts. We ask the dear Heavenly Father, make us peculiar people in this world that we may always be close to thy heart, to thy desires, to thy teachings and wisdom. Because if you don't, dear Heavenly Father, we realize we are lost. We are gone and so are our children and those ones that we uh, love and hold near and dear. Dear Holy Father, may this word that was uh, shown to us this morning hour and sown uh, find the good seed, uh, the good uh, soil in our hearts. May it grow and may it bring it uh, 30 and 60 and 100 fold. Dear Heavenly Father, we are small people here. We ask thee for thy help. Uh, we are sometimes confused from the left and for the right. We hear the sound of the trumpet. May our hearts be raised to, Dear Heavenly Father be better day by day living uh, instead of sliding back and going, going away from the Dear Heavenly Father, there are many um, things that are happening in the world that we sometimes don't understand and we are concerned about. We ask the Dear Heavenly Father to cons- comfort us. Hearts, may we do in our realm what we can do as a uh, As true Christians, may we do all the works that you expect from us, dear Heavenly Father. We know that thou control everything, everything is in your hand. We ask thee for mercy and protection. We ask to bless all uh, among us, uh, sisters and brothers, that are going through difficult times and Sicknesses, illnesses, and um, all the problems of old age. We ask you for the middle aged and those that uh, have families the, uh, and who don't to go through these uh, challenges. We ask you for the young as well. They have all uh, issues amongst them. Uh, we ask you to face all these uh, problems, dear Heavenly Father, through faith through confidence in Thee, uh, to give uh, that hand to Thee, to guide us and hold us near uh, through this uh, stormy sea that we uh, find ourselves in. Dear Heavenly Father, there are many petitions that we can bring to Thee. Uh, There are many uh, lessons that we heard uh, today. Uh, May we uh, not uh, repeat the errors from the past that's why this is given to us to uh, correct our walk in thee to be with thee not only now we pray but stay forevermore until the promised kingdom we ask thee all these things in a precious name of thy name of uh, thy own begotten son and our lord and savior jesus christ amen Find a concluding hymn, please. Uh, find,
0: uh, hymn number 106, the first two, three verses. Hymn number 106, verses one, two, and three. Verse 8 of the song says his way at first may seem too hard too steep and full of sorrow yet peace even now is its reward and bliss in God's tomorrow who through the narrow gate doth press and inner peace will he possess and very joy in living. With God there is Always a good ending for those that heed his word. In the very ninth chapter, the last four verses, Amos the prophet says that the same God that will take you away captive will come back one day and he will restore the tabernacle of David. He will restore the tabernacle of David. Brother mentioned also in, uh, in his prayer about the seed falling into good ground. The seed that fell into the ground with thorns, it says, didn't bring forth fruit because the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of Richard choked it. The deceitfulness of Richard, what it promises to give you, but it doesn't deliver. It promises you happiness and joy But it doesn't deliver. The book of Proverbs says, Two things have I required of thee. Deny me them not before I die. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me. Lest I be full and deny thee and say, Who is the Lord? or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. There are temptations with riches. There are temptations with comfort. There's temptations with all the good things of this world. But we fall for those temptations and we lose the greatest treasure, which is Jesus Christ, our Lord. I pray that we would be wise, that we would heed the word of God and see from history past the trends, the fulfillment of it, and know what's going to happen in the future. To him be the glory evermore. Amen. This concludes our service.